Thursday live from the ESPN 690 and a Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, I'm pretty competitive. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know it by my demeanor, but when it, when when the game, when the lights come on, I'm um, I'm ready to go. So that's all. That's how I've always been wired. I love competition. Um, I love to win, um, and I think that's something that you can't really you can't really teach. You just some people are winners, and I, I think I am, and um, I'm excited to, to start winning some games. <laughs> That is Trevor Lawrence talking today to the media over there in London. Jags and Dolphins coming up on Sunday. A lot to tell you about there. Uh, the kickoff starts at 9.30 on CBS 47. It's a triple header on CBS and good one, too. Uh, Chargers and Baltimore at 1 and then 4.25, Dallas and the Patriots. Uh, we'll begin our coverage on Sunday morning at a different time, of course. 8.30 in the morning is countdown to kickoff on CBS 47 on the TV side and then a postgame show immediately following uh, the game on the Action News Jacks app. And I think we're going to try to do a little halftime something or something, Casey, on the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Make sure you download the relevant app so then you can join in the fun and the conversation at halftime of that game on uh, Sunday morning. Brett Martineau, Extreme Wings, here at Roosevelt Boulevard. Four locations for Extreme Wings around Jacksonville. I got the chicken stir-fry today, a little spicy, too. I love it. Uh, try a little something different. So come on out and uh, try the wings, of course. They're awesome. That's what I get every week. I try a little something different with stir-fry, and it uh, hits the spot, baby, here on a Friday. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, back in the Action Sports Shack studios. Uh, you'll be up nice and early Sunday morning, won't you, Austin? Oh, I'll be up late, actually. I mean, that's like the, that's time I need to sleep in a little bit. So I'm usually <laughs> up at 5.30, so I'll get to sleep until about 7, I hope. Uh, depending what time my son wants to wake me up, and then yeah, ch check out some uh, check out some game, man. I'm a mix. Like the, I always say, like I get sometimes with the London games. Yeah, they're not the most exciting teams, but I really don't care. Like even last week, I was I was glued to my cell phone as I'm you know sitting in the sauna and kind of going through my day uh, watching that game just because it's it's extra football, and I'm never mad at that. So regardless of who's playing, I'm definitely gonna tune in and watch it. Obviously with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm a little more inclined uh, to to keep a close eye on this game. What do you? How do you feel about this? Um you know, on the Thursday night game, it felt like national TV, right, in prime time. Do you feel like the same thing? Like, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, acquitted himself nicely in that game. The Jags actually did, too, against the Bengals team that many people think is pretty good. And uh, But does this have the same kind of feel, like uh, people across the country talking about this performance on a Sunday morning? Um, I mean, yeah, depending how the performance goes. I, I think that if it's if it's bad and, and and the product looks bad then yeah that, that could definitely be um a storyline just because obviously i think that the national media and people like are, are waiting for urban meyer uh to fail and then they're just waiting at the moment to you know jump on him and say see he's not right for this job and all this stuff so i think that you know the the national narrative is definitely waiting for the jaguars to do bad and lose this game um, I think if Trevor Lawrence comes out and has a great showing, then yeah, I think the, the narrative is going to be, man, Trevor Lawrence looks good and he's going to be, uh, you know, one of the top guys for years and years to come. So it's really a story of two narratives here, which kind of seems to be the story of the season, where if they do well, it's Trevor Lawrence. If they do bad, it's Urban Meyer. And that's kind of the way it is. <laughs> uh, here's the deal, okay? I wanted to do this. Uh, I didn't, I, I couldn't push this out there, actually. Uh, the, it'll be a lot of numbers if I throw it at you, but just follow. Long. The first two games for Trevor Lawrence, 50% uh, 
uh, completion percentage, 450 yards total, four touchdowns, five picks. The last three games, 68% completion percentage. And by the way, in three games, he's only thrown seven more passes than he did in the first two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? Uh, 696 yards, so he's averaging about seven more yards a game passing these last three games, even though he was throwing it more in the first two. Uh, two touchdowns versus four, which is obviously down, and then three interceptions rather than five. So he's averaging two and a half interceptions a game. Now he's averaging one a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has been sacked more in the last three games than he was in the initial two. Uh, the other big note here is the first two games he rushed for 19 yards total. In the last three games, he's got 91 yards and two touchdowns. So we're seeing this three-game sample. This is kind of who Trevor is right now. And I'm, it's not enough, though, right, Austin? I mean, I think we've been pretty, you know, that's been pretty obvious. It's not enough because why? Well, they're not winning. So he might have to do a little bit more to make up for the deficiencies of this team. He's doing a good job. But what does he do to elevate them a little bit more? I think the rushing yards are going to be about the same. I think he's doing a good job utilizing his legs and at the right time. I think his completion percentage being near 70% is fantastic. Uh, the yards of 232 are, are probably well below an average of an NFL quarterback, but you mentioned it, they're running the football. Uh, I guess he's just got to get a couple more big plays. I mean, if you take those two fourth downs of the last couple weeks and he ends up throwing a touchdown pass, mm-hmm. now you're talking about four touchdowns in three games, and, and the numbers might play out differently. And by the way, the wins might have played out differently, at least in one of those games. Yeah, so are you, are you asking me, like, what uh, like what more can he do, or what are you, what are you getting at? Well, I just wonder, statistically, it's good, but it's still, pro- like, what what does he have to elevate from a statistical standpoint? Um, because he's been very efficient. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's making big plays in, in certain spots, from a fourth and inches touchdown throw to a third and three, 25 yards to Marvin Jones, to a, a big run here or there, or a big play down the field to LaVisca. So I, like, I would like to just be like, hey, if he could show a little more big play capability with the idea of being efficient, but I don't really think that's it. Like, I think they've shown the nice balance of big plays and efficient plays. Yeah. I think it starts really, it just flat out, comes to when you get in the red zone they just got to capitalize a little bit more than they have these last couple weeks no without a doubt and this is where the justin herbert effect and even a little bit of joe burrow you know for the rookie years have kind of spoiled us and and predispositioned us of what we want a rookie quarterback to be you know we we we, we want those 300 yard passing games with three touchdowns like we we kind of expect that now it almost seems like um you know from talented quarterbacks even being rookies so I think in terms of what can Trevor Lawrence do to try to elevate himself a little more and, you know, into the discussions of getting on track of where Justin Herbert is now, being an MVP conversation, um, you know, in his second year, which is amazing, I think it's all about scoring. I think it's all about touchdowns. Uh, you know, whether that's with his legs, which we've seen Lamar Jackson do time and time again. I don't want, you know, I don't want Trevor Lawrence to take the Lamar Jackson route, obviously, and run the, the, the ball 10, 12 times a game like he did his rookie in his second year. But I just want to see more scoring um, opportunities and obviously more scoring in terms of the stat line. I think if he can do that, then he takes another step forward and people are even more excited. I think the the one thing to keep an eye on, can they continue to run? Can they continue to involve tight ends? But can they do it, Austin, at the without the expense of Marvin Jones one catch and LaVisca Chenault one catch? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. can they do those things? 
as effectively as they've been doing that or growing toward, especially last week. And then, but they have to get those two guys involved. They're, those two guys are next to James Robinson, the two best players they have on offense, and they have two touches in that football game. That is not enough. Without a doubt. Uh, right now, your explosive plays primarily are coming from, you know, your, your James Robinson. It's, it's, it's your backfield more than Trevor Lawrence, and that's okay. But I think what made just, Justin Herbert so great was when he had Eckler there, who was available to, you know, to get explosive plays from running the ball. But then you couple that with taking those shots deep. Like, I understand, we don't, we don't want to see 12 shots deep a, a, a pop here. Like, you don't want to see that. But you also want to pick and choose your battles of when you can take an opportunity, when it is play action, when you have the defense on their heels. So it's just finding that right rhythm and saying, okay, we're running the ball great now. All right, let's take that deep shot because it's going to be there for Marvin Jones or Vizca Chanel. That's what you want to see. Now, can they get separation? Um, a lot more things go into it than just, you know, Trevor Lawrence throwing a good ball. But you hope to see that uh, in the upcoming games. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, no doubt about it. Hey, let's uh, uh, jump ship over to college for a moment because uh, Casey just told me this and didn't realize it. But with uh, FSU having a bye week, we will have the Georgia and Kentucky game mm. this week. Uh, 3.30 game. It will be on CBS 47. Then we have SEC tonight right after on CBS. So we got the afternoon game anyway on TV, but we'll also have it on ESPN 690 so that you can hear the Georgia Bulldogs on ESPN 690 tomorrow afternoon. And it's wild to say this, Austin. I mean, that's undefeated teams. Mm -hmm. That's Georgia number one in the country for the first time since 1982 during a season. Wow. I mean, you believe that. First time since 1982, as good as the Georgia Bulldogs have been. Obviously, they haven't won a national title since 1980. And Casey said this, that it was pre-2008. They were number one coming into the year, but they didn't retain it after the first week. So, uh, I mean, they've been good. They've been all over the top five, top ten for, for years. Mm -hmm. but, but now they're number one in the country. But wildly enough, in an undefeated game that you can hear on ESPN 690, they're 23-point favorites. Yeah, it's wild. Against Kentucky. And Kentucky's played really well, man. Like, Kentucky has beat Florida and LSU back-to-back. -back. I, I never did look this up, but I can't imagine that's happened, like, ever at yeah. Kentucky, that they beat them in successive weeks, and now they get Georgia this week. Yeah, it's wild because I understand the love for Georgia. They've earned that number one team in the country. I get all that. But Kentucky, in terms of their defense, like, they, they've been stopping people as well. And then they have some, some pretty good talent that's getting ready to go to the, you know, the drafts when the season's over. And we look at Kentucky, too. Their offense, you know, we, we've always been predispositioned. Like, Kentucky's offense is kind of, nah, it's kind of lackadaisical. Well, if you watch the, the, the Florida game, they have some speed. And they, they have some dynamic playmakers. And, you know, Georgia might have the best defense in the country right now. But when you look at, like, who they played against in terms of where those teams rank offensively, it hasn't been a lot to, to, to shake a stick at. So, man, 20, what well, you said, 23 points? Yeah, 23-point favorite. Yeah, that's wild to me. I'm not sure if I would, uh, I mean, is this part of our best? It's not part of our best today, Casey, yeah, because 23 is ridiculous. Um, I'd probably lean towards Kentucky here just because I think it's going to be Georgia's biggest test yet, you would think. I mean, as opposed to Clemson week one, but what did that really show you? Not much. Clemson's not that good of a team. So this is probably their biggest test, and I'm not ready to sleep on Kentucky quite yet. Yeah, I'm not either, and, and here's why. And Kentucky has had some good teams over the years, but they have a really good coach. This guy might be one of the most underrated coaches in the country, what he's been able to do at Kentucky, and Mark Stoops. I mean, he's really good. And so I think he will craft a game plan 
and that will this will be a test and, and by the way Kentucky's defense is good so this will be a test for the Georgia offense my question about Georgia has been okay when you have to score can you score your defense is putting you in really good positions if you go score early in some of these games your defense maybe makes a turnover or a special teams play we've seen and then you're up by a couple scores and that becomes easier on everybody mm-hmm. i mean there are some games where 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 george is throwing it 11 12 times a game yeah. i mean that's what they've had to do because there's no reason with their defense to take some just crazy chances there really isn't just control the clock win the line of scrimmage because they can do that mm-hmm. uh, through all their recruiting and then just let your defense just eat and and that's basically what they've done well kentucky can play defense too so i think this is fascinating to see a couple of things how good kentucky is how good the offense of georgia is and how good the dogs can handle being number one in the country now because we've seen this in the past when you get to this level and like an alabama loses well then you get there for a week and then you slip up mm-hmm. and they georgia can't afford to slip up with with florida around the corner here in jacksonville so this is a big game in athens uh for the georgia bulldogs i i really am the 23 points is ridiculous in my opinion i don't think this is going to be that kind of game now We'll learn a lot more about Georgia, and they might be just as every bit as good as we all think they are, and I think they are very good. Yeah. But 23 points, if they can whoop Kentucky, I mean, that's going to put – I don't know what slows Georgia down this year uh, outside of the SEC championship game if uh, if they just continue on this kind of role defensively and, and they're just thumping Kentucky tomorrow in Georgia. No, I mean, if they can <sighs> – you know, if if they can completely shut down Kentucky's offense, which, like I said, I think it's super underrated in terms of explosive plays, if they can shut them down um, and if themselves, you know, who, you know, they play at a slower pace, so they have to run the ball and everything. If they can score on Kentucky's defense and it, it is a blowout kind of game, then, yeah, you're, you're like, to me, this is the message for, for Georgia right now. Like, I thought the message was against Clemson, and like I said, I mean, Clemson, you know, they've kind of been up and down this season. Um we, we, I don't think they are who a lot of people thought they were going to be by the start of the year. So, like, to me, this is really the, the statement game right now for Georgia, where if they come out and win uh, decisively um, by a landslide, then it's like, yeah, you, they deserve the number one ranking. You better, you know, take notice because this team is the real deal. All right, I got one more for you, okay? Uh, and also, you can join in some of this Georgia conversation on the relevant app. You got to download this. I think it's really fun. I had somebody re- say to me, actually, they downloaded it. And they're like, hey, this is a really cool app. There's a lot of different things to do on it. So uh, you can listen to ESPN 690 wherever you are. So if you want to listen, if you're out and about tomorrow and you want to listen to the Georgia game at 3.30, which we're going to play on ESPN 690 against Kentucky, you download this app and you can listen to the game right there. It's the easiest way to do it. That's what I did with Florida State a couple weeks ago in Ocala. And uh, it's a great way to do it. Plus, you can join the conversation we're going to have a, a little halftime show if you will on the jags on sunday morning on the relevant app so uh, download the relevant app r-e-l-e-v-n-t yes it's missing a letter intentionally there at the end uh download the relevant app let me ask you this and i just did on social media as well if i say georgia stays number one the rest of the regular season okay that's before sec championship they, that means they win against Kentucky. They, they, they basically went out, right? I mean, they, they beat Florida, all the rest. You say yes or no. You sign it up for that, or you say they got to slip up coming somewhere along the way. Uh, number one in the country, Georgia, as the regular season comes to a close, yes or no? As the regular season comes to a close, I think they are undefeated, yes. Casey? Yeah, I'm going to say yes as well. I thought originally that they lose to Florida. I no longer think that. 
It's really interesting, guys. I mean, that you say, like, I get it, by the way. I think they're really good. But the nature of college football is to slip up. Unless you're like Alabama, and Alabama just slipped up against a backup quarterback and a bunch of guys out at College Station. Um, so I'll tell like, I'm not sold on, on the uh, Florida-Georgia. It is Florida-Georgia this year, by the way. Uh, Florida-Georgia game in Jacksonville. I, I think that's a potential landmine for them, you know? So I, don't, I think they get tomorrow because we've seen Athens be just frenzied uh, for these home games, and, and rightfully so. And I think they lean on that and they win. I don't know if they win by 23, but I think they win. I'm at least at this stage, I, I might change my mind by Saturday night on how they look against Kentucky, but I would still be a little skeptical, still a little nervous still about that Florida game because Florida can take out all the stops with really nothing to lose uh, in that game in Jacksonville. Yeah, I think George is better than him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you win the game. We know how that works uh, in, in this rivalry. So uh, keep an eye on that. I would, if I had to bet Austin, I would say yes. But I wouldn't put a lot of money on it, is my point. Okay, I, I got you. I mean, to me, I think Georgia can make Florida one-dimensional in terms of, you know, they have to pass the ball to win Florida. And I'm not sure if they can do that throughout the entire game. But you're right. I mean, when you play in Jacksonville, when it's a Florida-Georgia game, like, crazier things have happened. Um, it's the ultimate equalizer playing in TIA Bank Field. So w- we'll see how we feel about a week from now. And I will say, in terms of Florida, Dan Mullen has been a much better coach when he... I say this lightly, takes things seriously when he game plans and, like, you know that, like, Georgia, when they just beat him recently here and the SEC championship was close. And these big games, Dan Mullen seems to prepare a little more, for lack of a better term, and he will do that for that game, which at least gives them a better opportunity to win, in my opinion. Uh, That's why you see Florida always lose once a year to somebody they should not lose to, like Kentucky, uh, this year. So I I think Dan Mullen will come to play in that game, but Georgia's tough, man. Casey, let me piggyback off your point for a moment because I think you're right, and I'll just add in that this is all that matters the rest of the year for Florida. Like, to me, that's all that matters. I don't know how Gator fans feel, but and I'm not a Gator fan. So I would say beating Georgia, who will be likely the number one team in the country in Jacksonville, is all that matters. Like, the last few years, getting more wins, getting to double-digit wins, being top ten in the country, getting to a big bowl game, those things matter. You know, trying to sneak into the playoff and get into Atlanta. Well, guess what? You already did all the top ten stuff, the bowl game stuff. Uh, You won football games. You've been to Atlanta. Well, you're not getting to Atlanta most likely this year, unless you really get some help. And so, this is it. Like, this is what matters for Florida. And so that's what kind of has me a little bit okay. I'm not going to just assume Georgia beats Florida. And Florida's not bad. That's the other part of it. Like, Florida's defense is pretty good. And I also believe, and, and you're more of a Gator fan, I think, Casey. Mm-hmm. I think this, keep an eye on the Anthony Richardson, like, surprise stuff when it comes to the Gator uh, dog game. You know, yeah. it's, it's been like it's been weird. The whole the whole Anthony Richardson story has been kind of weird. You agree? Like, I, like, like, where is he sometimes? You I, know, I like, do why agree. is this solely Emory Jones team? Like fans are asking that the guy looks electric. And yeah, OK, you hurt a little bit. But are you really like, why isn't he playing? Why has he been more involved? Why do I feel like Mullen is going to pull out all the stops and Anthony Richardson's going to play the most he played all year against Georgia? I would love to tell you that you're correct. 
and I hope you are. But I am an Emory Jones believer. I'll start there. He has been not great of late. Here's the thing with Dan Mullen. He has been loyal to his guys, like, to a fault since he's been the head coach of Florida. Like, uh, Marco Wilson, for example, uh, was yeah. playing last year when he might should not have been. Dan Mullen likes to keep his upperclassmen in the game and pay off the... I guess, sticking around and, you know, building a program. So he has done that a lot. But now you're in a situation where Anthony Richardson should probably play, and he's not. So that brings up a whole different conversation transfer-wise. But I would like to believe that, yes, you don't show Anthony Richardson against LSU this week. you got to win that game somehow. But I think it would be a surprise in somewhat and throw the dogs off a bit. So I'd love to say you're right. Yeah, um, we'll see. Hey, listen, all you got to do is get uh, Georgia Bulldogs on ESPN 690 tomorrow afternoon against Kentucky to get me rolling on Georgia a little bit. There How about is. that? Uh, fun conversation uh, about the Georgia Bulldogs. Hey, uh, before we head to break, we're at Extreme Wings, of course, here at Roosevelt Boulevard. I want to remind you, uh, tomorrow here in town is CGC Customer Appreciation Day. CGC Waters Customer Appreciation Day tomorrow, 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, right in Jacksonville, 2181 St. John's Bluff Road. Great savings and incentives on Connecticut systems. That's what we have in our house. We absolutely love it. Uh, everything all about CGC water, and uh, it'll be worth the trip. Remember, if you're not filtering your water, you are the filter. They will have great giveaways, special guests, and uh, discounts. Make sure you go visit CGC Waters Customer Appreciation Day. They're right on St. John's Bluff Road in Jacksonville. Late morning, early afternoon. You can do that on Saturday here in Jacksonville. CGC Water Customer Appreciation Day. We will do our picks. Can't wait to see who's winning these when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I would love for Lamar Jackson to be the best quarterback in the NFL. I think that's, if that's where this is all headed, then great. And I think it would be as exciting a thing that could possibly happen to the NFL. Look at what he's doing. He's throwing the ball. This is what he was supposed to not right. be able to do, right? right? And now he's doing it. So, like, they're, they're taking away the run the last guy, and he's throwing for 300, 400 yards. So if he's evolving his game like that and developing as a thrower, not as a quarterback. He's already a fully developed quarterback and a leader and all those things. But as a thrower uh -huh. and being more consistent with that, the sky is the limit. Dan Graziano, it sounded like to me. Brent Martino, Extreme Wings. Here on Roosevelt Boulevard, four locations for Extreme Wings, as you know. Ocean Way, St. John's County on 210, Kernan and Atlantic Boulevard. Probably closest to Brandon Ponso, who we're going to welcome in in just a moment. Uh, hey, I know uh, Austin Lane, I know why Casey Kurtz isn't as upset today as I thought he might be after last night. Go on. Dustin Johnson's eight under today, and that's his pick in golf. Ooh, there it is. He's having one heck of a day. He is. He's he was good. two over after round one, wasn't he? Yeah, I was not. I was upset this morning. I, you should have seen me this morning. Between <laughs> between stupid uh, Eagles kicker that apparently is Josh Lambeau all of a sudden, because uh, yeah, he missed a field goal in the fourth. He makes oh, that. Yeah, two, I saw three. Yeah, 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 yeah. They go for two. I thought I was golden. So thanks, guy. And then Dustin Johnson plus two. It was it was a nightmare this morning. But I'm better. Yeah. Who uh, who's your golfer? Sam Burns. Yeah, I'm Sam Burns. How's how's he oh, doing? He's doing well. He's like uh, minus eight, top uh, tied for 14. <sighs> I want to get those numbers a little higher though, because it's Friday. He's, you know, well, usually... he's, almost, he's almost done too. Yeah. Um, there's a. Um, I'll tell you what, the scoring on the golf is unbelievable. Keith Mitchell has a five-shot lead. He's 18 under after two rounds. 18 under. He shot 62, 64. 
<laughs> like he's got a five-shot lead. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, so this must be a pretty, uh, obviously, it's a gettable golf course. McElroy, I mean, I, I looked up McElroy. He's like minus five, and then I look next to him, and he's 42nd place. <laughs> that's tough. I mean, jeez. Uh, so anyway, he's just out on the golf course, though. So hopefully Rory can go make some birdies and and do better for me. Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> That's the golf picks. Uh, one last thing before we bring Brandon Ponsel in. If I say Christian McCaffrey and I say Saquon Barkley, you say what? Are you asking me? Yep. Athletic freaks. Casey? Injury prone. Well, now they are, yeah. I was, was going to ask you, uh, seriously, and, and I mean this seriously, I, we know they're super talented guys, dynamic guys, but are they getting to a point, are they there yet, or are we going to get to a point where you really just think about guys that are super talented are always hurt before super dynamic and unbelievable backs, you know? I think it's going to get to the point where if you ask that guy to be a bell cow and you use him every down and he's getting 30-something reps a game, then, yeah, it could be an issue because I think Delvin Cook's having the same issue right now as well. Where these yeah, good point. Chubb is getting – I mean, it's just – I think it's these guys that you give a heavy workload to, um, you know, their bodies can't sustain it. I think that's what it comes down to. That's a really good point. And, and by the way, that's like the worst, Austin, you know. I mean, as a player, that is like the worst label to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I mean, for it's sure. already frustrating enough. But, I mean, these guys are super talented, ultra-productive when they are healthy. But they're un really what I would say – is are unavailable and unreliable. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. You know, like you saw with Saquon, they were using him sparingly, trying to work him back in, and then once again just kind of steps wrong, and we'll see what you know, we'll see the diagnosis even is. I'm not sure how long he's even out for, if he's out for the season, or if the case is with Saquon. But, yeah, I think you're just starting to see when you use that running back position and there your bell cow, set aside from Derrick Henry, but everybody else, you know, it, it just wears and tears on your body. It's amazing that you can get a guy like Henry who takes a bigger beating most likely than anybody in the league. And the guy touches it 30-something times a game. He's on pace to break the record mm -hmm. for touches even in a 16-game season. He'll kill it in a 17-game season. And knock on wood and good for Derek, but, I mean, he stayed healthy, you know? And, and he takes more of a beating than any of these guys. Now he's not cutting and doing all these the kind of running style of, of McCaffrey and Barkley and the rest, and you get injuries that way, too. It's not just from getting hit, but um, it's you'd almost think Derek would be here, injured more if Correct. you put the four guys out there. You know? No, for sure, for sure. Um, so it's pretty wild. All right, let's bring Brandon Ponsel in. Uh, I, I wanted to get those two things off my mind before I forgot about him. So thanks for waiting, Brandon Ponsel. How you doing, man? Mm -hmm. I'm doing good. To redeem myself after uh, last week missing the picks and then sending you a two and four week. That's uh, <laughs> been a rough year. <laughs> you should have should have sent him in on Monday morning, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one way to beat the system. We would we would honor the honor system. Uh, hey, jackscoastalhomes.com. I'm sure you guys are busy. Brandon Ponsel uh, from jackscoastalhomes.com joins us each and every week. Uh, give me something new and, and happening or updated in the, the real estate world. I, I just saw another article come out where Jacksonville, I think it was listed as like a supernova city is what they call it. Like the Charlottes of the world, the Austins of the world. I forget who else. Nashville maybe was on there. I mean, you've said this for years on our show now that Jacksonville is exploding. We kind of see Jacksonville exploding, but I guess the idea is it's not stopping. That, that, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been pumping this for two years on this show. 
I, I think Jacksonville is one of the best real estate markets in the world. I'm actually doing a, uh, have a closing next week in Atlantic Beach with a colleague of mine in La Jolla. I've, I sold her on how amazing Atlantic Beach was, and uh, she's buying a condo there, uh, the second home. Wow. Um, but it's just, you know, relative, you know, you live in Jacksonville, you don't necessarily pay attention to the prices of other markets. But Jacksonville is super cheap for a big-time city that's getting more and more world-class year by year. Lots of exciting things happening, and, and the only thing that happens in real estate when cities bring interesting uh, things is prices go up. Great jobs relocate, and, and the lay of the land, the Jacksonville being a port city, it's just primed for growth over the next 10 years, like unbelievable growth. And this, this article mentioned tech as well, which I don't really always relate like Jacksonville with as a technology city, but I guess um, – it has that feel at, and some parts are growing into or it's growing very, well, more it's up. Very, it's, very it's very affordable for tech companies to relocate from Silicon Valley to a place like Jacksonville, but the land, the building, and their employees can work remote so they don't need as many employees. So you can you can um, you really navigate moving your business to a more tax-friendly state and uh, drop expenses. So, so tech is spreading out all over the country. It's no longer just kind of based in that NorCal, Silicon Valley area. It's going it's going to go all over the country in Jacksonville, and hopefully the city city leaders are out pushing these companies to come. Um, I know some people don't want Jacksonville to grow like this, though, so uh, kind of a <laughs> yeah. double-edged sword at City Hall. All right, Brandon Ponso, JacksonCoastalHomes.com. I love these kind of conversations, so let me ask you one more before we do our picks. Uh, the shipyards development and approval this week, that's downtown, but... Is that another trigger to everything we're just talking about? I mean, it can only help, right? It's only going to help in, in Jacksonville downtown. It just needs more interesting things to get the people to come there and have condos built. Uh, there hasn't been a new construction high-rise downtown in, in years, and a lot of them just get vacant with lots of rentals. There's just not a huge appeal to be downtown, and you know, when you start putting interesting things down, people will come. Well, that's uh, Brandon Ponce. I know Austin Lane is not writing notes on your picks so far this year, but he probably is on all the things you just said over the last couple of months <laughs> when it comes to real estate. Oh, absolutely, man. I think he made some great points. <laughs> I got you. We, well, we had to write down notes on his picks last year as he just crushed us. But, absolutely. Uh, but we're all in the game. Casey, he's, Casey, he's human. I got to have, have a breakthrough week at some point. Yeah, I think he I did last week. Three and three every week. I think I did last week, and Casey may have, too. Casey, give us the rundown, man. Yeah, the situation is, against all odds, Brent Martineau was 5-1 and one last week. Woo-hoo! Like wow. Jacksonville on the rise. I might, I, might, I might be in last place now. I hate to tell you, Brandon, you are in last place. Mm. Uh, I, but now, granted, again, not a lot to write home about at this point. I'm the only one over 500, as I also uh, went 5-1. and one. I am 19-17. and 17. What am I? You were 18 and 18. You were 3 and 3 last oh, okay, week. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Brent, 15 21. Uh, which is good for you. And Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, I hate to say it on the air, but I have to. It's 13 and 23. So we'll, we'll skip past that. And plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of time. And that time will start right now as undefeated Oklahoma State is plus four on the road at Texas, who is not undefeated. They are minus four. And, Brent, you were hot last week. Will you stay hot? Start with this game. Uh, I don't like Texas after last week. I think they're going to absolutely collapse because of what we just witnessed. So I will go uh, Oklahoma State. Austin Lane? 
See, I like Texas because I think that game it was heartbreaking. It's at Texas. They got something to prove. I think they kind of found a, a new level, a new echelon. I'm not sold in Oklahoma State, even though they're undefeated. <sighs> Give me Texas. Yeah, Big 12 eats each other. Yeah. Brandon? I'm, I'm kind of opposite on Brent on this. I think I think uh, Texas, although it was a rough loss last week, I think the kids have bought into Sark, and I, I just don't see them coming in home game against a, another Big 12 power and laying an egg. So I think Texas will be impressive and win pretty comfortably. Horns down. <laughs> Give me Oklahoma State. Okay. Austin Lane, Miami, plus seven and a half without De'Ara King on the road at North Carolina, who just got crippled by the Florida State Seminoles, minus seven and a half, obviously, for North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, Sam Howell, I, I don't know, man. You know, are you going to be a next-level quarterback or not? Let's find out this game against uh, a Miami offense now that loses you know, with the biggest component. Give me North Carolina. Yeah, Miami's weird, huh? I mean, obviously Miami's just taking a step back. I thought they were heading in the right direction a couple times over. You lose your quarterback, but even with the quarterback, they weren't playing that great. I like North Carolina on a bounce back. They're, bounce back. Yeah, they're like on the yo-yo, Brandon Ponsel. I mean, it's hard. Like every other week, they're good. I'm going to take UNC. I'm with you on that. Carolina's been great off of a loss. Uh, I think Manny Diaz is a dead man walking in Miami. That program is a mess. Um, they're going to make a change. I think the kids are uh, – they're not listening to him anymore, and Carolina's going to roll them. Casey. You know, as much as I'd like to, I can't do it. I, I don't think Miami's any good, so I will also take North Carolina on the wow. bounce back. Um, now now it's strategy. I, I'm in the lead. I know we got a long way to go, but i got to play strategy. We all lose. I, I mean, no yeah, one gains points on that big of a lead, but okay. Game picker-uppers usually come from the rear. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying, Miami, not any good. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you here on the last college football game. That'll be Auburn plus four and a half at Arkansas, who continues to do well for me. They are minus four and a half at home. Yeah, or, uh, I can't get a, an Auburn game right, so I don't know why Brent keeps giving us these. I already think we'll Kentucky, <laughs> Georgia. But, um, but I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take Auburn in the four and a half. Yeah, this is tough for me, man. I, I don't, I've never been a big Arkansas believer, but I feel like Auburn might be physically beat up after having to play Georgia. <laughs> and so I don't like them on the bounce. And I'm going to take Arkansas. Man, I'm taking Arkansas after that Ole Miss game, that heartbreaker. You went for two, you couldn't get it, but they competed. Their offense is dynamic. Give me Arkansas. <laughs> Give me our Kansas as well. Nice. And, Brandon, I should say I make the calls on the games. Brent will not let me pick any games over 10 points, so that's why you won't see Georgia and Kentucky. I've been yelled at multiple times. <laughs> Brent, we'll go to you. The Chargers are on the road, and they go a long way to play Baltimore. They are plus 2.5, Ravens minus 2.5. Well, that's, a, that's a wild one. That's a tough one to pick. You can't be wrong here in what you pick. It's How's it going to play out? But I'm gonna, I think momentum – off that Lamar performance in the fourth quarter. I'm going to take it. I think they're feeling themselves pretty good right now in Baltimore. I'll take the Ravens to cover. Austin? Give me the Chargers. Give me the better court. I mean, hey, Lamar Jackson's pretty good, but Justin Herbert's red hot right now. I get you're traveling to the East Coast. Don't care. I got the Chargers. Brandon. Brandon. I'm with, I'm with Brent. Give me the Ravens. I think uh, – I think they're going to come off of that big comeback uh, with some momentum. Chargers defense looked awful last week against Cleveland, so I think Lamar will have his way. 
I will take the Chargers as well. Casey's Austin. not letting me get a game picker up, Ross. See what he's nah, trying to do here. He's blocking you. Blocking me. I can't do it. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you here. The Seahawks are plus five. They are Russell Wilsonless. They may be Chris Carsonless. They may also be DK Metcalfless. That's why they are plus five at Pittsburgh minus five. Don't really have much of a feel on this one. Steelers always play down to the competition, but. I'm going to take them anyway with the injuries and uh, Geno Smith starting, so I'll take the Steelers and lay the five. Yeah, by the way, I think I saw Carson now is out. They've listed him out of this game. Uh, so uh, I think uh, I was going to go anyway. Carson's not a big factor for me, but I, I think uh, the Steelers are going to win anyway and find a little bit of juice going forward now uh, and some momentum, Austin. Yeah, I mean, this could be a game where Big Ben throws four interceptions. It could very well be, but he usually plays better at home. I'm going to believe in that stat, so give me the Steelers. Do it, Casey. You know, you going to pick up a game? You know what they say. I don't know what they say. Give me Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, me, game picker up. what they don't say. No one's ever said, give me Geno Smith, but okay. <laughs> Somebody drafted him. Somebody had to pick him. Give me Geno Somebody Smith. recruited yeah. him. Guess what? And then that, that guy's now fired. <laughs> well... Eh, I feel I don't think Steelers are any good. Probably, I like it. It's yeah, probably that's a gutsy call. It's probably Brent's best friend Mike Tannenbaum made that decision. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, good pickup. Brandon Ponsel, man, have a great week. Wait, 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 wait. Wow, wow, bad juju now. Oh, the Jags. Sorry. Oh, the Jags. Wow. I've been talking about them all week. <laughs> it's three and a half on the plus side for the Jags, Austin Lane. Listen. I get maybe on paper the Dolphins have the better team, but they're missing some big components. No Parker's way. out. Howard's out. No hey, if this is the game to win, this should be the game to win for the Jaguars. Give me the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, what do you think? Uh, I'm Paul committed on the Jags. I'm just going to pick them every week until they get me a win. Um, and uh, So I'm going to take the Jags plus three and a half until they, uh, they finally cover a game for me. Casey, Other than the Thursday you... night, we didn't get to pick. Yeah, that's true. Casey, what do you think? Give me the Jags. Oh, wow. Wow. I told you where I was leaning all week long, and I'm going to get three and a half points on this as well. I think the Jags went out right here this week. I, I think it's a good matchup for them, uh, and win number one will come across the pond, and, and everybody will be like, go figure. Of course, yeah, it comes sure. in another country for the Jags. Uh, it helps feed the narrative, but still, it's a win for Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, and company. I, uh, I like them. I really do. I like them on Sunday morning uh, against uh, the Miami Dolphins. All right, Brandon Ponce, now I'll say goodbye. Have a good weekend, man. Thanks. All right, you guys too. Thank you. Bye. Uh, it's Brandon Ponce, JacksonCoastalHomes.com. Before we run out of here, uh, real quick, that Chargers-Ravens game, I mean, how much seriously could this sway the MVP race if it comes down later in the season to these guys? who are right now in it. I understand Tom Brady probably would get it at the moment. Yeah, let's just yeah. take Brady out of the equation. And let's just say for down the road with a couple games to go, these two guys are still playing the way they are. How much does this outcome and performance have to weigh into it, would you think? I mean, it definitely weighs into it. Um, I, I don't know how much stake I would, I would really, at the end of the day, put into it because it's just one game out of a 17-game season. Um, to me, you know, the record at the end of the day, if the Chargers win a division, it's hard not to give it to, to Herbert, especially in that division. You know, if the Ravens can, can somehow win a division, maybe you lean Lamar Jackson. But to me, it's all about where they finish in terms of not just, just this game in general. 
I got you. Um, we will be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 Live from Extreme Wing Sports Grill here on Roosevelt Boulevard. Come on out, say hello. Be here until 6 o'clock before we begin our Friday night high school coverage with the Blitz Scoreboard Show at 9 and the Friday Night Blitz tonight at 11.15 on CBS 47 and after the baseball game on Fox 30. We'll be right back. It's awesome. Obviously, I, you know, I don't think I need any more inspiration. You know, I'm, I'm very self-motivated. I always want to do my best, but that's that's really cool. Um, and it's cool to just be someone that hopefully, you know, people over here can root for. And um, it's, it's cool to have that fan base. And people out here have been great. Um, everybody's super nice, so I don't know. That's, that's normal out here, but everyone's been great. So <laughs> he's shaking his head no. I guess that's not, that's not the case. Yeah, some some road rage, I guess, and traffic. But no, it's been it's been awesome, and it is cool, like you said, uh, just to be able to kind of expand your horizon and, and see a different part of the world. That is Trevor Lawrence, of course. Uh, don't forget, we've got high school football tonight, presented by Baker Sports and the University of North Florida Ospreys. Baker Sporting Goods in town, of course. So many uh, uniforms and. Attire come from Baker Sports, including from our Action Sports Jacks Dream 18 and University of North Florida Ospreys, big supporters of all the kids here in town. Check out unfospreys.com. In the 5 o'clock hour, we'll have our swoop minute uh, coming up. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz on a Friday. Picks are in. Don't call it a comeback. Five out of six for me last week. Here I come. I might be on a roll here, guys. Watch out. Yeah, I'm not worried about it yet. Come on, Brett. Brett it's going to take one. It's going to take more than one good week to get our attention. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, hey, you want to bet a little more? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Always. Talk for two minutes on uh, on baseball. Odds to win the uh, World Series. Dodgers are basically even money. The Astros nine to four. These are weird. I got to do the math on this stuff. Like the Red Sox are almost like five to one, and it looks like the Braves are almost six to one. No surprise there. Yeah. You got to. The Dodgers, I mean, if the Dodgers play well, they have the best roster, they have the best team. Who's the second best team right now, do you think, in this Final Four? Is it Houston or is it the Braves? Houston. Yeah. I'd probably say Houston as well. All right. Um, I'm not going to do possible matchups. They do exact outcome. Uh, let's see if we've got some more fun. Next Cardinals manager. Who's Stubby Clap? Stubby Clap? I have no That's idea. That's the guy's name. He's 3-2, to two, the favorite. Looking, I'd say Aaron Boone. Looking up Stubby Clap right now. <laughs> it sounds like Boone, by the way, is going to stay in New York. Mind-blowing. Absolutely and utterly mind-blowing. But I'm Stubby, for it. Stubby Clap is a Canadian first base coach for the St. Louis Cardinals and is a former AAA manager and professional baseball player. So I he, mean, that's an all-time, all-name team, I mean, that's fantastic. Stubby clap. <laughs> two, two, two P's, by the way, as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. I respect that. Uh, all right. Would you have had the over-under last night on one yard, one and a half yards rushing for Tom Brady? Over. I'll take the under because if, if he takes a knee, then you lose something. Ah, well, crap, that's what that's happened. Right. That's what happened. He was over, and then he took a knee on the final play. Yeah, and I it went about under. that. Yeah. So much money switching hands you last see, night. You see, Casey, you see? Oh, how about that? Football at 5 coming up next on ESPN 690. I got a question about Leonard Fournette when we come back from Extreme Wing Sports Club.